0: All right. We are live here on the Compassionate Capitalist podcast radio and today video. If you're listening to this, go into the show notes and look for the video if you want to see the video of this. If you're watching this, then it's also available as a podcast on TuneIn and Stitcher and Apple iPod or Apple Podcasts and uh, really about a dozen other podcast players of what you listen to, Google Play, any of those kind of things. So I want to encourage you to go and listen to it, to this. Uh, and, and as we go through this with my esteemed guest, Bob's Costa, you're going to get a lot of tidbits. If you are too, of course, the reason why we do the Compassionate Capitalist podcast is for the two audiences we have, investors and entrepreneurs. So what entrepreneurs are going to learn today is what is it that you haven't thought of when you're trying to bring a product to market and you're trying to um, get awareness and get your customers to be aware of your product and why it serves the needs or or satisfies the need that they may not even know that they have right so that's the first thing and for the investors it's knowing this kind of stuff will help you make better investments because you'll be able to look at companies that are in the consumer product space and even in their technology space and they're selling to a small business owner, they're, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this, but there's all kinds of cloud-based software out there that you're, you're selling to a, a small business owner and you're, you're directly connecting with the decision maker. And so all of the, tep- the, the information and knowledge that Bob's gonna share in this conversation today is integral to understanding, do they really have what it takes to get the product into the market in a big way and get it accepted so they can cut through the noise because really they're, they're, everybody's still patenting stuff and there's still new innovations coming out, but a lot of times it's a better mousetrap. And one of the things I always teach my entrepreneurs that I coach is that there's never a situation that there's no competition because there's always a situation of the status quo. And as you talked, as we talked today, um, there's a catchphrase that Bob's gonna share and it's all about what he figured out in the course of his career as selling. And so they just don't know what they don't know until they know it. And I don't think I got that right. He, he's going to correct me. <laughs> a second. But here, let me introduce you to Bob. Because everybody knows Bob. If you've watched any, even if you haven't watched the Home Shopping Network, you got to know who Bob Sacosta is. He's like a, a, a an archetype. He's probably, have you been in movies where you just play yourself in the movies, Bob?
1: Uh there were a couple a long time ago. Yeah, a couple of things yeah. that happened.
0: I would yeah. bet. I would bet. So let's and I, was
1: I got the part, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you are young, let's say, and don't necessarily know, Bob Sacosta is the TV's original home shopping host. He helped create the million bil- multi-billion dollar TV home shopping industry. And he sold the first product ever offered. And he's going to give us some more details on that because it's a fascinating story. Over the past 42 years, so he's been doing this for 40 years, right? He's logged over 25,000 hours of live selling on TV, made over 75,000 separate product presentations, all right? That's, uh, has individually sold, individually now, over $6 billion in merchandise, earning him the title. A TV's billion-dollar man. All right. So what we'll learn if we go through here, and you, it'll be very crystal clear as you hear the insights that Bob shares. But he helps entrepreneurs create an impactful and profitable pitch to maximize their sales and marketing on various marketing platforms. In addition to making record-breaking sales appearances on the TV shopping channels himself, he hosts a TV show called "What a Great Idea," What a Great Idea with Bob and Chad which is a live shopping channel in Canada. Bob is constantly sought after for his marketing expertise. I'm very happy that he took the time to be here today. His advice works, right? His clients have generated over 50 million in sales every year, right? He's got a book we'll talk a little bit about. It's called Life's a Pitch. And that's where it's a proven guide to sell, to successfully sell anything to anywhere. You can hold that up or, yeah. Bob has been featured on ABC's Good Morning America, NBC's Today Show, ABC's 2020, and in an articles on USA Today and the Wall Street Journal. He's received the first ever HSN Legend Award for his contributions and lifetime achievements in the electronic retailing industry. And I had the opportunity, and the reason why we're having this call is because I had the opportunity to sit down next to Bob at a dinner for the Business Acceleration Network he was receiving the Legends of War, and I was receiving the Conscious Business Award for my work with with um, Compassionate Capitalism as a as a parallel to the Conscious Capitalism movement. And so, and and we were having this conversation, and one of the things that's kind of near, well, he said this, and it was like light bulbs went off. I said, "Oh, we have got to have a show and talk about that," and that's because so many of these entrepreneurs, and this is again for entrepreneurs and investors, entrepreneurs all the time say. Like, oh, I'm going to have this social media strategy and people are going to click and they're going to, you know, whatever. And investors, if they don't really know, or else they become really jaded with that because they've seen how that is not an effective, a single method of communicating to a target market is not an effective way to announce a product, to grow a brand, grow awareness of your product. We're going to talk about that. And he said something. That was just, it just hit the nail on the head for me. And I said, okay, we're going to talk about that on the show. So not to stick <laughs> thunder here. All right, Bob, tell, you know, fill in the gaps for us. Tell some of this exciting, I, you have to tell the toaster, the toaster, I'm sorry, I can't talk today. The toaster story, because that was just hilarious. That first piece of, of your story.
1: They I can't open. I mean the can opener, right? Can opener. Can Golly, that, I got that wrong. Nope See, I
0: don't
1: even remember. It's the same thing. You know, it's in the kitchen. Uh, first of all, let me let me just thank you, Karen, for the wonderful introduction. I mean, that was terrific. And what, what a great time I had uh, sitting with you at, at that table. We had dinner together and we were able to converse and talk and, and, uh, and really explore each other's minds. And I, I really appreciated the time I spent with you. And I learned from you. Oh, as, as thank well. you. yeah 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 so it's it's an honor to be with you and i thank you very much for allowing me to be on the show i think what 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 you alluded to was the uh the beginning how the tv shopping industry uh really began and many people are surprised to find out that it started not on tv but it started on radio and it was a very small radio station in clearwater florida and uh, in fact, the name of the station was WWQT 1470 on your AM dial. You know, we, we, we thought this was big time. What everybody has to understand is that this was possibly the world's worst radio. <laughs> it was awful, it was pathetic, and it had nothing to do with selling merchandise or anything like that. It had a, uh, a format called News Talk. And we had talk shows, we did the news, and I had a talk show that I did every day from noon until three. And again, had nothing to do with selling products or anything like that. We, we, we talked about politics and everything that's going on. But again, since this was possibly the world's worst radio station, <laughs> you, you still have to sell advertising. If you don't sell advertising, you don't stay on the air. And the gentleman who owned the station, a guy by the name of Bud Paxson, he would go around town and he would uh, try to get advertising you know, contracts and all of that. And he was very, very good at it, but nobody wanted to advertise on this station. And nobody could really blame anybody for not wanting to advertise. Uh, but he did sell a few contracts here and there. And one day, all true now, he sold a 13-week advertising contract to an appliance store. And uh, so for 13 weeks on my talk show I talked about the appliance store and I told people to go in and talked about specials and all of that and at the end of that cycle Bud went back to get paid for the advertising and he walked into the store and the guy who owned the store saw Bud and he said what are you doing here and Bud said well I came back to renew the advertising and bud was always an optimist and and he said i'm here to renew it and the guy who owned the store said renew renew what and bud said the advertising the guy said are you kidding me he said not one person has come in here and said that they even heard my commercial and then he said to bud you truly do have possibly the world's worst radio station (laughs) so they went back and forth karen back and forth and finally the guy who owned the store said to bud you know what i'm not gonna pay you and and bud said wait a minute that's not how this works and they continued their debate and conversation and finally the guy who owned the store said to bud he said wait a minute hold on instead of me paying you in cash look back by the door you'll see a couple of boxes back there i just had a shipment come in take a box of merchandise well by this time i think bud was so frustrated he felt better leaving with something in his hand, uh, So he picked up the box of merchandise. He had no idea what he was going to do with it, he told me later. But he got in the car, drove back to the radio station. Now, meanwhile, I'm on the radio and I'm doing my talk show. And every hour, they took like a little break where they did the local news and local weather. And so I'd take a break and I'd, I'd sit in a little booth and have a cup of coffee or whatever. And so here I am. Sitting here in this booth. Now, this is 40 some years ago. Sitting in this booth and not bothering anybody, okay? And and the door opened up and in walked Bud. Now Bud was about six foot eight. So mm-hmm. when he came in the room, you knew he was in that room. And he's holding in his hands an electric can opener. Now it 40 some. This is 1977. So this was an avocado green. <laughs> Aaron, it was an ugly can opener. And and he looked at me and he said, Bob, when you come out of the news, I want you to sell this can opener. And I looked at him like he had three heads. I said, <laughs> you want, what? He said, I want you to sell this can. I said, I remember saying to him, sell? Wait, wait, wait a minute. I, I'm i a newsman. I have morals and I have ethics. I don't something and he then proceeded to explain to me the relationship between me selling the can opener and me getting a check and uh, instantly that can opener looked pretty good and he said I'll give you a dollar a can opener so I came back on the air and I said folks we'll get back to our topic in just a moment but you'll never believe what happened during the break and I recounted the whole story and I started describing the can opener and I said to the listeners I said listen call me up, call me up right now. If you reserve a can opener, come on down to the studio, pay for it. It's yours. And it was $9.95. And pretty soon the the lights on the phone, they started to light up. They started to blink. In fact, I didn't know what those lights were because nobody had ever called me before. no, no idea what was going on. And that day, it was August 28th, 1977. We sold 112 electric can openers. Wow. And yeah, and Bud, we made more from the ad, uh, selling the uh, can openers than we would have from advertising. And Bud being a great marketing guy and a great visionary, he said, wait a minute, I made more from doing it this way. So every day after that at 2 p.m., we stopped my radio show and we, st- we started what was called a product spotlight. And Bud would go around town, and he would pick up uh, certificates at restaurants, and and, and merchandise and different, almost like what uh, what what's that service uh, they have out there now, where they send you stuff and they barter back and forth. I forget the name of it now. I'm
0: talking about like e eBay or no, it's it's like a uh, like they'll
1: offer you a, di- a big discount. Groupon. Yeah, Groupon. That's okay. it. <laughs> Aaron, you win. You win. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just like Groupon, but we were doing it 40 some years ago, and so it became so popular, and 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 we started to generate so much in sales that the talk show time got less and less, and the selling time got more and more, and we did that for five years on radio. Wow. Till the year 1982. And in that year, they wired this particular county here in uh, Florida, they wired it for something that was called cable. Now, keep in mind, back then, cable was very different than it is today. Back then, cable only had one goal, and that was to make your reception better. It had nothing to do with programming or anything. So they had all of these empty uh, stations. So we went to the cable company, Vision Cable, and we said, we'd like to lease a channel. And I'll never forget, the guy said, for what? And we said, we want to sell products on TV. And he really, he laughed at us. And he said, you want to do what? And we said, yeah, we want to sell. And so we negotiated a deal uh, and, and we paid them a commission on the sales. And uh, so then we went to local cable TV, local cable TV, and we started doing the show. And I would do three hours on the radio, and then I'd run down the hall and do another four hours on, on the local uh, cable TV chick. So we were still doing them both because we didn't know which one was going to work. So we, we, we started, uh, and that was called the Home Shopping Channel. It's channel 52 on Vision Cable. Now, this thing started to take off, Karen. I mean, it was going great. And, and, and we were doing great. So, but you still couldn't see anything. You know, when we were on the radio, now you could see it, which made a big difference. Because on the radio, I would take a gold chain and I would, uh, you know, I, 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 I'd take it on the microphone. I would say, <laughs> that's quality, folks. Uh, so, so now you could see it. So it, it really made it much better. They
0: were like, oh, look at this gold chain. Like they exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So that was local TV. And we did that until 1985. And that was three more years. And then uh, then we thought, you know, if this works locally, it's gotta work nationwide. So on July 1, 1985, we went up on the Galaxy Satellite. And we went coast to coast. And I came on the air and I said, welcome to the Home Shopping, now it's called the Home Shopping Club. And I said, welcome to the Home Shopping Club, our first day on the air, coast to coast. If you call me up right now, I'll send you a Serpentine neck chain, absolutely free. And we'll even pay the shipping. And it was exciting because the room was filled with operators. And the thing was, no one called. No <laughs> one called. I, because you got to keep in mind, this was 1985.
0: And there's the nobody people, listening. Exactly. They, they, were, they didn't have customers yet on cable.
1: Exactly. And then they looked at me and I'm saying, just call me up and I'll send you something for free. They're thinking, what's the catch? What's the gimmick?
0: Right. Uh, then sure. We went
1: to a couple of products with a, with a deep discount, and a few calls trickled in, not very many. And then I said, "Free neck chain." nobody's still called. Uh, so at the end of that first day nationwide, a little bit of trivia here: uh, total sales from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. nationwide, coast to coast, first day of TV home shopping history. We did a total sales of three hundred and fifty-two. That was it. I call it my rule 352
0: because <laughs> whenever
1: I talk to, to entrepreneurs and and they want to get everything going right away and they want to, you know, make the most money within the first three days, you know, I say, don't forget rule 352. And they say, what's that? I said, that was what we did the first day in total sales on TV shopping. And within 90 days of that day, Karen. We did $1 million in one there you day. Go. Uh, yeah.
0: Different. And I remember you mentioning about what, what Bud, is it Bud? It's Bud, right? When Bud. He, where he uh, said, you know, look out past these cameras, right? And so give yeah. that statement that he gave you and, and then how well, it, he,
1: it is. He was such a great visionary. Such a great visionary. I mean, he knew uh, because, frankly and honestly, I went into him and, and I said, Bud, I got to find a job. You know, where, where's this going? You know, when it was just local, I had no idea. He knew, he knew, he had that vision because he believed in it. And that's another thing that entrepreneurs have to keep in mind. They've got to keep that belief in, in, in what they're doing. Many times uh, they'll be the only ones that do believe, but they've got to keep that. So he believed and he told me, I think the quote you're looking for, he told me years before it ever happened, he said, one day, Bob, you're going to look out beyond that camera, and you're going to see row after row of operators taking orders like a telethon. And if you go into the shopping center right now, the shopping channel right now, you'll go into the room a size of a football field, and you'll see row after row of operators taking orders. So the man was a great, great visionary. And and I know you'll agree. I mean, it, it takes vision. It does. To be in business. Yeah. Yeah. On both sides the investor side
0: and the entrepreneur side. It does. It does. So, but that's how- yeah. But, and so, um, and one of the, the thing that you said to me when we were sitting down there, kind of, this is a good uh, lead way into the, to the next piece of that because the difference between when you had said something to him about um, the people don't know that they need a can opener. Right, and it's and it's and it's probably sort of the fundamental philosophy of what has to happen when you're thinking about how you're targeting your customers and bringing your customers into your funnel. So, give that little nugget.
1: Yeah, it's it's you know there there what I found out what I've learned over the past forty some years. No matter what business you're in, no matter what uh, what how you're marketing what what you have. Number one, you've got to understand there are two keys to the success in any business. And, and I've initialized them with the letters P and D. P stands for you've got to have the right presentation. In other words, you have to have the right message. Uh, and, and then D, you have to have the right distribution. You've got to be in the right marketplace. You got to be in front of the right people. If you have a great message, but you're in front of the wrong people, you're never going to maximize your return. And the opposite's true as well. So with that presentation, you've got to be able to create the need for what you have. You have to be able to uh, inspire others to, to to want what you have. Now, this is very important to understand. I'm not talking about trying to get people uh, to to get something that they don't need at all or anything like that. That's not it. You, you have to build this upon integrity and honesty. But when you're communicating what it is you have, you have to do it from not your perspective, but from the other person's perspective. And, and, and one day, the, the wildest item I think I've ever been presented, they came in and they gave me this product. And this was in the 80s, before cell phones. And it was an AM, FM radio <laughs> telephone. Toilet paper dispenser.
0: Oh. <laughs> but, but <laughs> I don't yeah, think I remember though. Do yeah, I have seen those? Of,
1: <laughs> so I said to myself, I said, who the heck is going to buy this? And I went out and we sold over 5,000 of them in less than 10 minutes. Oh, my goodness. And the lesson that I learned that day, it's not important what I think. My role was to tell people how they could benefit from what the product is. So my advice to all entrepreneurs is change your perspective. When you are talking about your business, your product, the service that you offer, the idea that you have, that maybe you're talking to investors about, don't talk to other people about it from your perspective. Talk about it from their perspective. Yeah. How are they going to benefit from it? And that's key in making a difference in, in the response that you're getting anyone who's watching or listening right now if you've ever sat down and you've talked to somebody about what it is you have have you ever ended the meeting where they would get up and leave and they didn't respond if the answer is yes the reason is you talked too much from your perspective you didn't talk about their from their perspective yeah. and Karen, That is key in in, in communicating what it is you have, whether you're raising capital or you're trying to market something, Uh, but it's got to be built on honesty. It's not just, you know, it's not a trick. It's not a gimmick or anything like that.
0: Well, I actually have a phrase I use when I'm coaching companies that are in their capital raise mode, whether they're, you know, starting out or they're in a growth stage and they're scaling and they have to go out and raise a new round of capital. You know, right. you're matching up just like you match. I mean, if my philosophy on raising capital is very similar to a philosophy on sales and customer engagement on that. So, you know, trust factor is always part of it. But I have this thing that I call why an investor cares, the WIC statement, right? And I, I trademark that because Perfect. it's like the one sentence or two sentences that they'll go, oh, yeah, I want to learn more. It's that first little hook. That you give them that makes them care about listening any longer, right? And then, then right. as you said with your thing, it was it was your message, your P for your message in your presentation, and it was it T for target?
1: No, the D would be distribution. Where okay. are you going? To what you are? If 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 your if your business or product or whatever it is you have, if it's not where you want it to be right now, I guarantee you can trace it back to not having one of those keys or maybe both. The mm-hmm. present is wrong or you're in front of the wrong people.
0: Yeah, oh yeah.
1: You, you've got to get those two things to, uh, uh, to click, no, no, yeah. no doubt. But you're so right, I mean, what it boils down to is that perspective. You know, if you sit down with somebody and say, well, let me just tell you about this cup right here. This is the greatest cup in the world. I love this cup. And when you drink from this cup, you're really going to enjoy it. And it's it's a great cup. It's got a super handle on it and all of that. <laughs> from my perspective, it's much better to say, let me tell you about a way to experience a drink of coffee. A cup of coffee like you've never experienced it before. When you put it in this cup, that handle is just so perfectly molded that your hand is going to fit in there and you're going to be so comfortable in the way you drink it. And when you take that, so you go on and on from there. But you talk from the other person's perspective. That's key. And it's one of the biggest faults, not faults, I don't want to say faults, the challenges, it's one of the biggest challenges that I've noticed entrepreneurs uh, have is that they don't have that right message. And when you don't have the right message, you're out of the game. Yeah. Okay, just like that, you're out of the game. And that's why in my boot camp that I do, uh, we spend a whole half a day, I spend with individuals just drilling down what it is they have and creating their message for them. So it's it's such a big part and such an important part uh, because selling is nothing more than communication. That, that's yeah. what it is. It's a fact. But so many people get hung up on the word sell. Right. They, they get intimidated. They get uncomfortable or whatever it is. Forget about selling. I, I, I have people that come to me every day, Karen, and they say, how can I sell more of my product? How can I sell you know, people on my concept, on my idea? How can I raise more? If you want to sell more, stop selling and start helping. Start oh. helping others with what you have when yeah. you do that you'll 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 see a different result
0: so let's let's take a little seg- segue there since you brought up okay. your boot camp um how often oh. do you do those boot camps and uh, i'm guessing bobsacosta.com is where they go to get information on those or
1: for more information they can go to uh, bob and chad.com Chad, okay my business partner, and we do it together, uh, but bobandchad.com, and that's uh, spelled out the word and, Okay. bobchad.com and you can find out more information about the bootcamp, or you can send an email, info, I-N-F-O, at bobandchad.com, and uh, my team will, will get back in touch with you and answer any and all of your questions, and chances are I'll get on the phone with you to answer all those questions, but oh, it's, nice. it, it's a two-day, we, we do a two-day boot camp. I do it once a quarter, the next one's coming up on February 7th and 8th, I, I don't know which dates that people are watching and we're listening to this, what we're doing right now, but the next one's coming up February 7th and 8th, uh, 2020, and it's at our conference center in Clearwater, Florida, and uh, it, it really, I developed it years and years ago, uh, because the reason I developed it, was because I found out that, here's what people wanted to know. They, they were well aware of what they had. They, they, they knew their product, they knew their business, they, they knew that idea, they knew they needed to raise money or whatever. They, they knew what they had, but they didn't know what to do next. That was the big thing. They didn't know what to do next. So I put together this agenda and and we really drilled down deeply in A, perfecting the presentation and perfecting the distribution and determining what it is exactly that you have to do next to make it happen. Now, I have very limited. I mean, we, we don't have hundreds and hundreds of people because I limit it to no more than 20 people. Oh. And the reason, oh, yeah. The reason I do that is because everybody's different. Someone might be sitting there with an idea. The next person may have a finished product. The next person may be a consultant or a coach or a mentor. Uh, The next one might be looking for, uh, you know, investment uh, money and capital. And everyone's different. And so in order to give that customized personal approach and to find out exactly what it is you need, you can't have a hundred and some people. you'll You'll never get this. So that's why we limit it to 20 people.
0: Okay, good. Very good. So, one of the things that we had talked about and you had um and, and you had mentioned that I it totally made sense to me and this was my you know aha thing that I said we have got to get you on the show, right? And that's good. this this method of how people communicate about their products or about their offering out there. And you know, I want to talk about the power of video to convey oh. a message or tell a story as to the reason why there's a need there that somebody, it's an education, it educates in 60 seconds, 45 seconds. It's amazing. Now, obviously in infomercials, they, they spend more time describing all the benefits, but still, whether, whatever format, I mean, we are a visual society. So talk about your experience with the power of video as a communicate well, main- communication.
1: And I'm glad you brought it up because you're so right. If, if you really analyze the TV shopping model, and identify the secret sauce what made it work and what continues to make it so effective and i mean it's, it's a 20 billion dollar industry so it's it's still very huge and it's growing it's up 18 percent over last year so it's growing but what what really made it happen it combined two things video it was we were able to learn how to take a video showing something, and combining it with a message to get a result. That's it. Video plus a message, combining the two in order to get a response. And what excites me, Karen, more than anything else, is that today, because of this, I'm holding up a a cell phone. Okay.
0: Intelligent phones, mobile phones. That's right every single
1: person who has a cell phone, every person has their own shopping channel right now. You can make videos, you can send them to the world, you can put them on various social media platforms, you have your own shopping channel. We go into this deeply at the boot camp, by the way, but how do you maximize that? How do you take what it is you have and how do you get it out there once again, we go back to the P and the D. You got to have the right presentation and you have to have the right distribution. So everybody has access more now today than ever before to be able to market what they have to everybody. And that brings up another point. Don't just think about your business or your product, not just that, or the service you offer, not just that. You have to market you. Yeah. you are a product. You're a product. And you have to start thinking about yourself as a product. Why should people listen to you? What's the benefit of, of, of listening to you out there? What how are you gonna me achieve what I want to achieve? You've got to answer those questions. So to be able to take that video and a message, combine it, everybody can do it. 24 7 now because of the cell phone it, it it's never been easier than that. right
0: well you know it's interesting because when com- companies are raising capital one of the things one of the first things we try to get them to do but they still don't seem to a lot of times entrepreneurs don't understand that power of the video and establishing trust right because there's a certain amount depending on where the medium is but You know, people and there's that peer review and all this other kind of stuff that people talk about and they want this stuff. But when they can hear the CEO or somebody that talk about it, you know, or it just seems to have a greater impact. And we we set up these videos where it's like they're being interviewed in a news broadcast and it's the CEO talking about their industry and their product and how they're solving the problems. And it's like they're being interviewed. So that established some of the trust factor piece of it. But it also is a, a way to communicate and educate the audience. And those that are, you know, in tune to that will want, you know, and then, oh, by the way, and then, you know, go to our website to learn more, or they Google it, and then it come, comes into an integrated, because that video gets fed in before they're watching Bloomberg or watching some other live stream on YouTube or something like that, and it gets, yep. it gets fed in there and they feel like they've been educated on something. And, it, uh, and if they're an investor, they're like, oh, that's an interesting, I didn't know that company. And because of the general solicitation rules under the various crowdfunding platforms, investors can say, I mean, entrepreneurs can say, and we're raising capital to expand this into the marketplace and things like that. They can say that kind of stuff. Go to our website for more information. And, and it's just a, a great way to establish credibility, get that introduction in a way that, you know, gets things out there. And I think that's that's yeah. kind of what the infomercials have always done. Because a lot of times, how often do they have entrepreneurs on there versus just spokesperson or a combination of them?
1: Uh, they, they, they like to use the entrepreneurs because one thing you can't teach someone is the passion. Right. And the entrepreneur has that passion. Mm-hmm. You know what? they invented or what they've created it's it's interesting that you bring up that concept uh, that you just alluded to because that's how what a great idea started many years ago right. I saw there was no vehicle for entrepreneurs out there and so I started to do videos under the banner of what a great idea where I would have the entrepreneur as my guest and just like you described we would do an interview and I was able to build that credibility for the person. I was able to talk about them. I was able to do a call to action. Uh, you know, and, and I still do that quite a bit for, for a lot of entrepreneurs. We go into the studio right here in, in Clearwater, uh, an, an HD studio, and we sit down and we do an eight-minute or a 12-minute or a 30-minute uh, version of that. And it has proven to be so powerful and effective when it comes to not only brand awareness, but also raising money, like like you just yeah. said, look, it it really gives a nice in depth look to the to the potential investor of what this person's really like. And so, and I love doing those shows. Uh, I I do maybe three or four a month. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but you're right. I mean, it's a great vehicle for entrepreneurs.
0: Well, that's one of the things I think the reason why reward based crowdfunding. You know, the Kickstarters and the Indiegogos of the world have uh, become, you know, we're such a, a trailblazer in a way, kind of like yeah. home shopping networks and infomercials were, you know, 20 years before because it was a way for these companies that were trying to get new products launched to the market. They were in advance selling, you know, selling yeah. products so that they could go build it. But it was these short little videos and, and people yeah. fell in love with the video, whether they used humor or just, you know. Yeah. Depending yeah. on the topic, if it was a, a scientific type discovery, whatever it is, they, they looked at who was going to be, back to your point, the message, right, who's going to be most inclined to relate to and respond to what I'm talking about, so I'm, and within the context of what it is I do, I'm going to, I'm going to convey that as part of my video outreach, and so, um, and right. that's one of the things that I've thought has been really interesting as I Uh, You know, as I watch TV, I usually um, record stuff and stream it or whatever, but I seem to watch a lot of news. And so it's still just quite amazing to me, the people that that are advertising in these little things. So, you know, companies that you've heard of uh, forever, like think about cars, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. why do they need to do car ads on TV? Right? Why couldn't you just run a little card ad on YouTube or insert there? Because there's a reach of that, and then there's all these like HR software, cloud-based software programs, or even Untuck it. Who ever heard of Untuck it t-shirts? Until I mean shirts until you saw the ad on TV, right? Because you I wouldn't
1: wear all have, time. yes, you're right. You're right. You,
0: you wouldn't have gone and Googled. Oh, I need a shirt that I can wear Untucked. Where can I find that? You just didn't tuck your shirt in, and you just look sloppy. And these guys came <laughs> out with a shirt. Uh, I'm researching my book, my next book, Scale, and I was looking for a company that did a pivot turnaround kind of a deal, and I wanted to know what their backstory was. And it was interesting; those guys just said, "You know, we just want Where would be the line if it was halfway between your your pockets and your zipper, so that you can untuck it, but it it it's not it's, hanging down too long?" And you know, they they started out all retail, pure retail. Yeah. So, um and
1: So you know, a lot of people think that. Whatever they have to come up with, it has to be brand new, it has to be never thought of before. Yeah. And I think that at the open, uh, you know, there are so many different ways to improve upon an already existing idea. Yeah. I mean, we, we we've been using umbrellas for years. Right. But created a new type of umbrella that when you close this umbrella, the water stays inside as opposed to the water being outside and you're getting into a car and you're closing the umbrella and the water is getting all over you. Now, when you close this new umbrella, the water stays inside the umbrella, so you never get wet. We put it on the air and we sold 125,000 of them in one day, in one day. So, so that
0: exists. I gotta go I Google for umbrella that holds water. or
1: <laughs> called the, call the better umbrella, the better, better umbrella. umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it. so you don't have to come up with something that's brand new. I mean, I work with a lot of people that have ideas for things and, and there are certain things that you got to answer when, when you're, when you're thinking about having an idea out there and uh, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, and, 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 investors are asking the same question right. when you put them with an idea they should be asking themselves certain questions out there about.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's always yeah. about who the target market is and validating sure. the market and sure. all yeah. that kind of stuff. And then how are you going to reach that market? When I look at plans um, and I'm doing my evaluation work on, on companies in anticipation of them going out, not wasting time and money, chasing after dollars that they're never going to get because they don't have their message down right and things like that. It's always like, so that's one thing. And that's the thing with I'm going to, the, the message of my book that's coming out, Scale is how do you do 10X widgets a week to 100X widgets a week, right? There's there's a certain amount of volume of access to people that you've got to get to grow your numbers, as well as the means and mechanisms to be able to support that growth. And that's the right. thing that I think a lot of times people don't think about because they, they, they short-sighted, they don't have the vision of a bud that says, I've got to prepare now for where we're going to go and build it not that they will come, but I'm going to build it. So I'm ready to go get them kind of a deal much better that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. You're exactly right on. Keep in mind though, because a lot of people think, you know, I, I get, I get products on the air at TV shopping channels all the time. I mean, that's what we do. Uh, and anyone out there who has a, you know, a product that they'd like to get on a TV shopping channel, just get in touch and and we can see what we can do with it. But a lot of people think that in order to get a product on a TV shopping channel, you have to have 10,000 units or 20,000 oh. units. okay. And, because the channels now like to test products. And and they'll, they'll put something on 500 pieces or 750 units or whatever, see how it goes. If it goes well, then they'll order a lot deeper. So so anybody who has a product out there, you know, let, let us know. Get in touch yeah. with Gary. Karen, I've got it. Call
0: Bob. Yeah, absolutely. So how many home shopping networks are there now?
1: Well, almost uh, every country that you can think of now has its own TV shopping channel. And here in the U.S. domestically, there are basically four or five of them that that really do business. Okay, I mean, there are lots of smaller ones and they're great. Uh, but there's HSN, which is in uh, Clearwater or Tampa, Florida. And there's QVC, which is in Westchester, Pennsylvania. And by the way, a couple of years ago, QVC bought HSN. Oh. They're owned separately. They're two different signals, two different stores, so to speak. Uh, but but they're owned by the same uh, you know uh, company. And then you have a, a company up in Minneapolis, which is called Shop HQ. And it used to be Shop NBC, and it used to be Evine, and it used to be something else. And now it's Shop HQ. They're up in Minneapolis. And then you have another one in Nashville. uh, No, Knoxville, I'm sorry, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, called JTV, which is Jewelry Television. And they sell jewelry, yeah. So those are the four or five. Oh, there's one out of Austin, Texas, uh, Shop LC where they liquidate a lot, they get a lot of short lots out there. You really get some good, good deals. And like I said, there are a lot of other ones as well uh, on a smaller basis, but but TV shopping is now a very comfortable, acceptable, and proven way, not just to shop, but also to market merchandise, both ways. Oh.
0: Great, so now we're about, about wrapping up. All right. We had some people send in some messages, some questions prior to the show well, to be with
1: Karen. I don't want to leave you.
0: I know, well we'll just have to do another one. Okay. All right. So, so what is the one question you wish people would ask you but they don't or they haven't? What is it that people you just you always have to kind of bring them around to understanding why they need to know this and they don't even know to ask it. I
1: wish I wish entrepreneurs would ask me whether they have a product, service, business, or idea, I wish they would ask me, how do I need to talk about it? What do I need to say about it? How do I need to present it? Because I, I, I've just witnessed so many entrepreneurs that, that lose in the game because they're not able to communicate effectively what their message is. And, and I wish they would ask me that. And, you know, as we said earlier, a lot of people don't like to sell, so to speak. But Red Motley, a guy by the name of Red Motley, said many, many years ago that nothing happens in America until somebody sells something. Oh, so yes. if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, and you don't like to sell, find somebody who does. Right. Right. Get them to, to sell it. Because if you don't sell whatever you and when I say sell, I'm talking about effectively communicating what it is you have. If you can't do that about what you have, you're, you're done. You're out. Nothing else matters. So I wish that people would ask me, okay, well, how would I say this? How would I do this? See, I learned a long time ago because in home shopping, you have to be very focused in your message because everything is uh, built on time. Everything is time related. Uh, we, we have a term, in fact, I came up with a term years ago, called DPM, dollars per minute. That's the rating system. Ooh. in the. It's dollars per minute. But I'm here to tell you that even when you're talking to somebody face-to-face or on the phone, you, too, have dollars per minute because the attention span mm-hmm. is not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of people feel that in the amount of time they have to talk about what it is they have they think they have to tell everybody everything they know about it and that's not the case right so I, people would ask me about that you know
0: yeah it's it's actually even similar to when i talk to teach companies about how to do their elevator pitch and to network with their elevator pitch right it's one thing when you stand up in front of a room and you got Ninety seconds to say what it is that you do, but when you're um, when you're having a conversation, it's kind of like the old hot potato game. Like we have a workshop, and you sure, you have sure. to you want them to engage them, so you want to have uh, you know put a message out there, find out in effect that they're qualifying, and have them come back and ask you a question, and so right. that you can continue on in the conversation and drive them towards where it is that you want them to go without just fire hosing them with something.
1: Right. And, and don't be afraid to what I call think out loud. See on TV, when I'm talking about a product and during a presentation, I have to overcome objections that I'm never going to hear.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's
1: no one call up and say, let me tell you why I'm not going to buy this. Right. You know, that happen. But you're right in face-to-face communication. You have to, part of the process is to find out why the other person doesn't want what you have. And then you have to overcome that in a beneficial way. Once again, build on trust, honesty, and integrity. Uh, so you get to overcome that. And, uh, and, and that's what you have to do.
0: Right. Yeah, particularly investors, I have, I, I have this diagram I use where there's a circle with a line in the middle, really simple. But above it is, is the conscious mind, and then below it is the subconscious mind. Yeah. And the conscious mind is the hope The all investors hope that they're going to make money, that this entrepreneur is going to be successful and they want to invest and share in that success. And then underneath the line, the fear is the fear of losing their money quite frankly, sure. because there, I don't know a single angel investor out there that hadn't lost money on a deal or believes they're going to lose money because they're flat. They're in what the, what we call a payroll exit. And so there, uh, and so you have to understand when you're talking to these investors what is it that's going in behind the scenes in their mind of, you know, why is it this sounds too good to be true? You probably have that in the product space where people all say, the time, it's all too the- good. so that would be one of those questions you're like, Well, I know this sounds like it's too good to be true, right?
1: That's and I say that. I say that. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking that this sounds too good. Well, let me explain why it is real. And and that's what I go through. But you're right. Now, you just mentioned those two things, those two feelings, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And and when you're talking to an investor, you're right. That investor is having an internal conversation. And they're asking themselves, why should I do this? Mm -hmm. Why should I do it? So understanding that, now, you're the entrepreneur who's doing the presentation. Shouldn't you address those concerns? Because if you can solve those concerns, then you're in. All right? Yeah. Then a win-win situation. And that's another thing. People that are selling anything, anywhere, you have to think about your role. Is that of a problem solver? All right. If, if I can solve your problems, you want what I have. Right. And there's a difference between wanting and needing. So understand the problem, communicate the problem effectively, and then solve the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Because, yeah, that want and need piece is important because if, yeah. you know, people will, will confuse, a consumer will confuse want and need sometimes. Sure. sure. You know, I want this, I need this, but I want this. And then they, in order to justify getting the thing that they want, They'll kind of wrap it up into why they needed it.
1: Exactly. Right. You're exactly right. And and, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was gonna say because if you have the means to fulfill whatever it is that will satisfy your need, well, then it's easy to want it. It's when you want it and you gotta translate it into why you need it.
1: You know, it's it's so gratifying to me. Like when when I'm in the boot camp and I'm I'm working with individuals on their presentation. I really see the light bulb go off. I bet. And and it's so gratifying when I see that because the person says, wow, I never thought about it that way. I never, that makes it so much easier for me to communicate, but I never thought, and I always tell people, I don't want you to forget anything that you know. I don't want you to change anything that you know. What I want you to do is be open to think differently about what you already know and that makes all the difference in the world so if you think differently about what you already know Mm -hmm. you're going to get different results than you've ever been able to get before and that's what we want
0: yep absolutely okay so wait we want to tell everybody that boot camp sounds awesome bob and chad b-o-b-a-n-d-c-h-a-d.com Or info at BobandChad.com to get information and And, uh, request information about that.
1: And we will get you all the information. Once again, I'm not sure when people are watching or listening to this, but the next one is uh, February 7th and 8th in the year 2020. And it's going to be in Clearwater, Florida. And as we speak right now, there are nine slots open. But as I said, I don't do it for any more than 20. Okay. I have nine open right now. That doesn't mean we're going to fill all nine. We're going to do it no matter what. Uh, But there is room if you want to make a difference, if you're tired of not getting the results uh, that you've been after, if you want to perfect that message and that distribution, if you want to get the answers that you've been after, that's what we do. And we we
0: would this be something that like somebody who's already got a product and maybe they got a little bit of distribution, they got a pilot that they did in Whole Foods or something, or even if they went and they did a shopping segment on HSN at one point in time, but they've kind of, they're not really continuing to accelerate, would they have benefit out of this workshop or is it just for startups? Oh,
1: no question, Karen. It is for anybody at any stage as okay. far, as long as you want to go to the next level from where you are. And and we have people that have been on home shopping. I have clients uh, that, that I that I teach every month that come back to me and they've been on the air for years, but they come back to me every month to renew, to to, to you know, to get back in there because it's very easy to fall away from that. So yeah, it's 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 really for anybody. And again, that's why limited, uh, because everybody's situation is different. And even before you arrive, we find out what your situation is so my team can get together and, and find out the best approach for you so we know the situation that you're in even before it starts because we like to fast track it
0: yeah and clearwater is a great place to be in february i'm certain yeah. Of oh
1: yeah <laughs> definitely
0: <laughs> i okay. love it as we wrap it up here for real what are three easy tips to keep in mind? A letter a question from our audience. What are three easy tips to keep in mind?
1: Well, I you know, I I've been so blessed in my life over all these years to uh, to work with some of the some of the greatest marketing minds in the world and I I've learned from them and I continue to learn from them. But what was interesting is that over all those years studying them, watching them, observing them, I, I found out that they all did the same three things, and, and they didn't know it. And, and I don't think they did it by design. I don't think they sat down and said, let me do this, this, and this. But in order to get the successful results that they've been able to achieve, they've done the same three things. And, and I, always, I call them my ABCs. Now, the A, they all had a great attitude. And I'm not mm-hmm. just talking about positive thinking. That's important. But I'm thinking, I'm talking about positive doing. And and they all felt that at the outset of any given situation, one's attitude determined to a great degree the outcome of that situation. And and they really had the right attitude, the can-do attitude, uh, because it's so easy to be negative. And it's so easy to come up with, with reasons why something won't work as opposed to focusing on the one reason why it will work. And so they all had great attitude. They also, the B, they also had a great belief. We talked about that earlier about Bud Paxson. He had an incredible belief uh, in, in, in the vision that he was doing. But, but all of these experts, and I do mean experts in every sense of the word, they, they had a great belief system in, in themselves, in what they were offering, in their business, and their products. Uh, but they also had a great belief in the people around them. And 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 that's what made it happen. Don't try to do everything by yourself. All right? Don't don't don't. Tr- I mean, you may be the only one who believes it can be done. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, but create a team. Create the people around you uh, that can propel you to that next yeah. level, that know how to do it because of past experience. So they had the right attitude. They had the right belief. And then the commitment. They had the right commitment they made that commitment deep down. Uh, Not convenience, had nothing to do with convenience, had nothing to do with, well, I'll do this when this happens or that happens, no, no, no. It was a commitment that failure is not an option, that they were going to do it no matter what, no matter what other people said. They didn't make internal decisions based on external factors. They knew deep down uh, that they were gonna do this. And, uh, and, and so those three things, the right attitude, the belief, the commitment, I think if you, if you subscribe to those and make those part of your, your DNA, so to speak, and you live them day in and day out, I think they will serve you very, very well in you taking what you have to where you want to.
0: Yes, that sounds like it should be a, pl- a plaque on a wall, and I should have it like right there to look at every day.
1: Not a bad idea. Maybe I'll come up with that. I'll put the plaque up.
0: Yeah. And then you can uh, sell it. (laughs) There you you go.
1: (laughs) That's great. That's great. (laughs) ABCs
0: of success, attitude, belief, and commitment.
1: And they're in my book. I even state them in my book. There's my book right there. Oh, there
0: you go. Well, good.
1: Uh, Yeah, Life's a Pitch. Life's and it really is, and it's about communication. You know, over the years, Karen, I've had so many uh, people come to me and publishers and uh, people of that nature saying, You know, we'd like you to do a book. Uh, uh, you know, you've been in this industry longer than anybody. You know, give us some secrets of, of, of the celebrities and the thing. Well, I, I, don't, I don't write a gossip book, I mean, that's just not me. I wanted to put together more of a reference manual that, that people on the way to a meeting with an investor or on the way to an important uh, presentation that they could rely and go back to that book and find out, okay, here's the checklist. Here's what I need to make sure that I follow in what order. And so that's what I did. And I give the story of home shopping, like what we talked about earlier. Uh, But but basically it's a reference book uh, that any entrepreneur can benefit from. And it's called Life's a Pitch.
0: And it's available on Amazon and... You can go to the...
1: You can go to the website where uh, I'm in the process of doing some changes on it. So it's not on Amazon right now, but you can go to my website, which is bobsercosta.com, or you can go to bobandchad.com and it will be listed there. There's a special on it, I think, too, but uh, it's listed there. And it really, I mean, I I put my heart and soul into it uh, to answer a lot of these questions and address a lot of these issues uh, that you and I have been talking about today.
0: Yeah. Very good. I like that. I'm probably gonna I'm gonna quote you in my book, and I'll reference your book in my book and use that as one of my inside secrets to scaling and success. Because one of the other things I learned at the Business Acceleration Network Summit was, um, and it might have, I think it was David's presentation, but it was that getting the passion back, right? Getting the passion back, so you'll dig deeper and move forward. And sometimes life can give you bumps and bruises, and you kind of you know, get where you're like, well, you know, you're just kind of going through the days, right? And so in order oh. for an entrepreneur to, when they first get started, they're really, really excited, but then they go, ah, oh, and they kind of settle into, well, you know, I'm making a good living. That's the payroll exit. And in order to really create generational wealth, they have to scale. They got to do all these other things. But a big piece, is they got to find out how to get their passion back. And I can tell from my own experience, when you have a really, when you're, dream has been popped because of circumstances outside of your control, you know, when we go, you know, there's lots of different environment things that you, you, and you, you, didn't zig, you didn't zig when you needed to zag and, you know, whatever, and um, just didn't see it coming, then, you know, it's hard to get back on that horse and ride again and get that passion up. And it is so critical to that, that commitment that no internal that no internal decisions are based on external factors. That right there is a key message.
1: Yep. And it's so true. It's so my, my good friend Les Brown has has a great saying.
0: Yes. And
1: he always says that when life knocks you down, try to land on your back. Because if you can look up, you can get up.
0: There you and go.
1: Always tells people that, and I've never forgotten it. And it's so true what he says.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: His life yeah. is going to knock you down. I guarantee that. That's just part of
0: life. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Bob, thank you so very much for coming on the show and sharing your pearls and golden nuggets of wisdom with <laughs> the audience. And really hoping that people will take advantage of your workshop because I, I know that given that you can – they're going to get some of that quality time directly with you and your team is – is personalizing your strategies and kind of preparing strategies in advance for them. That's, that's worth a mint. And oh, yeah. you're only trying to half a mint. So, you
1: know. I, and, and it's important to know I am there the whole time. I mean, I, I think you and I have both been to events, you know, years past where maybe whoever the name is, they say hi and welcome and you don't see them again until the end. Uh, that, that's not how we do it. I am there the entire time with my team, but I'm there the whole time to make sure that you get the, nobody leaves until they get the answers. Nobody ever put an end time on it because we don't leave until you're satisfied and until you get the answers that you want. So thank you, Karen. I really appreciate the opportunity. And uh, it was a delight, as I said at the outset, to meet you that night, have dinner with you and spend time with you. And today it's the same. I, I really appreciate the time with you and, uh, and I hope it's uh, just the beginning of many other times that we can spend together.
0: Me too. Me too, Bob. All right. And for the, everybody listening in, please go share this with people that you know that will benefit from it. You want to, We've took, given you Bob's websites, bobsacosta.com and bobandchad.com. My website is KarenRance.co. If you're If you're watching, you can see my book and there's my website up there. And if you're listening, KarenRance.co, you can get to all my social media, you can get the prior podcast, you can get information about the book. So I encourage you to, and all the services that we offer as well, I encourage you to go there, go there, see that. And with that, onwards and upwards. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.